Welcome to Twinning It, the podcast that delves into the nitty gritty of parenting twins. I'm Alison Perry, author of OMG It's Twins and mum of preschooler girl twins. And I'm Jenna Banks, journalist and mum of toddler boy girl twins. We know what a challenge it can be to raise twins. So join us as we speak to experts and other twin mums to get answers to all of those burning questions. Welcome to the first ever episode of Twinning It. I am excited. Are you excited, Jenna? I am so excited. Honestly, I can't barely wait to get this going. We're going to be chatting to the lovely Anna Matha, who is a psychotherapist and really, you know, is out there to help mums process all those difficult emotions. Um, She's written three books. She's got a podcast called The Therapy Edit, which is an amazing resource. And um, her latest book, The Little Book of Calm for Mums, is so nice. You just flick through to what emotion you're feeling that day. And then she's got some words for you. So yeah, the lovely Anna is going to be helping us unravel those emotions like overwhelm and burnout and mum guilt, which I just feel is so magnified when you're parenting two yeah. at once. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Something that I love about Anna is that she doesn't pretend to have it all totally nailed herself. No. Like she shows herself at her rawest most vulnerable self and the days that she isn't coping and also like i think sometimes people think that overwhelm is something that you experience when you've got newborn a newborn baby or newborn babies Mm. and my twins are they've recently turned four and i still feel overwhelmed um on a pretty much a daily basis and it's things like you know when we go out to the park and they both want to run in different directions and they both need me and I'm trying to stop one of them from running out the gate. And it just feels like this is too much. This is too much for one person. <laughs> it is, it's massive overload. Um, yeah, I mean, mine are two and a half now. And I still get so overwhelmed whenever I try and feed them. When the lunchtime is creeping up, I'm like, what am I going to give them? Because I just know that, you know, one of them will like something. The other one won't like it. And then if they look at each other a certain way as, and they conspire against you and then the dinner just ends up on the floor um but they will probably yeah. manage to eat a potato waffle that at least i know something's going in something beige <laughs> yeah exactly anything beige or anything you don't want them to eat and they just you know throw all the little carrots on the floor <laughs> anna matha welcome to twinning it oh thank you so much i'm so <laughs> i'm so excited i think i don't have twins i've got three kids of different ages but i just think this is such an incredibly valuable podcast and I can't wait to be able to recommend it oh how are you doing today are you in the thick of it parenting wise or work wise or how's it going it's a work day today and I love work days because I can actually focus on doing one thing and I can tick things off and it just feels so good and I think there's so much in that for our mental health isn't there that is just challenged in motherhood and probably even Mm. more so when you've got two to be watching and you just don't get to complete things and it makes us feel good so I miss that and sometimes even when you Mm. do complete things when you do complete things parenting wise there's no gratitude you just get shouted at and screamed at (laughs) and it's just like there's no there's no satisfaction in ticking it off yeah no positive feedback (laughs) yeah exactly for sure now I would say there are three main mental health issues with having our lovely twins that can arise um overwhelm is quite strong um burnout and also mum guilt yeah so 
should we look at overwhelm first? Yeah, that's a good one, isn't it? A good one to kick off with, overwhelm. You know, I think I got I got overwhelmed a bit confused recently. I think I'd I'd really started questioning in motherhood why I was just so angry all the time, so irritable, so kind of like highly strung. And I think as soon as I started to see that as overwhelm, I started seeing it completely differently because I think when we feel angry, we can be so judgmental towards ourselves, can't yeah. we? When we feel irritable, when you know the babies are waking up and. It just feels monotonous and relentless and it's hard to see the wood for the trees and we can feel this kind of frustration sometimes rising up and I think we can, it can feel incredibly conflicting with how we expect and want to feel in motherhood which is often that kind of maternal love, patient, calm, that kind of caricature of motherhood, that cartoon that in reality often there is so many more emotions intermingled with the snapshots that we get of that and I think as soon as I started to see some of this rage and irritability and frustration and even resentment towards maybe my partner that didn't always fully understand what it felt like to be me or you know maybe for twin mums sometimes it it might be that kind of simmering frustration that other mums just do not get what it's like to have two at the same time with double the needs coming towards you but when I started to see that and talk about it as overwhelmed with with clients it it starts chipping away at some of that guilt and frustration that we can often feel towards ourselves yeah yeah i i find overwhelm quite an interesting one because i can, i feel like if for twin parents especially there aren't that many situations in life when you think about it when you're kind of plonked into a scenario without any training and you're just expected to crack on and even if you've already had like a baby or two and you've already got kids, most people are in completely new territory when they give birth to twins. So it's kind of no surprise that overwhelm features heavily. And I think that what you've just said, like trying to reframe it and try to, I guess, give yourself permission to feel that is is really important. Yeah, and if you think of any other job, so how much project management is probably involved with having twins? You know, just so many things to be thinking about constantly. And if I was to be plonked into a job where I was project managing a small team that couldn't even properly, you know, express their needs. Wipe their there was constant bums. noise coming at me. Exactly. <laughs> and it kind of, you know, really interjecting. There was no chance of rest. You didn't know who was going to wake up when. You'd think, how would I would never expect to walk into a role and know how to manage it. But often in motherhood, we expect to know what we're doing, to feel like we've got it and would you say is overwhelm a symptom of anxiety is that interlinked I think sometimes there's a lot of crossover so when we're in that fight or flight which often we are when we're in that stress feeling you know when that when you're just Mm. feeling that physical stress that sense of like literally eyeing up the door thinking I just wish I could get out there into the quiet and just go for a walk and get some physical space and often it is that kind of that stress response in our body. And I think that's that's also often what we experience with anxiety. And sometimes the overwhelm can be because of the fear and the anxiety. You know, when you're you're suddenly mothering these two really vulnerable little beings and they're, you know, the, the world just suddenly seems, can feel like a dangerous and scary place. And it can be hard to kind of get out of our minds when we're stuck at home, perhaps just trying to, you know, 
keep our head above the surface and just keep keep surviving and doing the best we can and I think you know so so it can feel really similar and I think anxiety can lead to overwhelm emotional overwhelm um and yeah the stress as well so I think it all just it can all easily play and feed into that that feeling of this is too much do you know what I've started um, doing um in the last couple of years and you, you talk about this Anna in your first book mind over mother that was your first book wasn't it yeah um yeah yeah but you, you mentioned like fight or flight but the thing that i've started doing is the freeze which i didn't even know was a thing but i find myself almost like going within my body if i'm in a stressful situation like i've done it before when i'm out and about with my twins and they're like screaming in the middle of the shopping center and i, and I just almost like it's like an out of body experience. It's really weird. I just kind of go with it, go in myself as like a mm. weird protection mechanism. It's so strange. Totally. Do you do yeah, the, do, like do, do you do down. that, Jenna? Yeah, do you? <laughs> quite often. Yeah, especially when I'm about to feed them or thinking about leaving the house with them. You know, all these kind of thoughts go in your mind of what could possibly go wrong. No, nothing goes into my mind about what could possibly go yeah. right. Unfortunately. Anna, are there any tips that you can offer people in how to kind of overcome these emotions in the moment? Yeah, I mean, I I think that moment, if we think about, I, I sometimes talk about it like thunderclouds of motherhood, you know, one hand, you've got the fact that you have got this stress response inside of you that is there to keep you safe. So it's constantly reacting to what's going on around you. If there's a lot of need and a lot of noise and a lot of kind of stimulation and things feel stressful and it feels too much, there's a part of us that in any other situation would just get out. You know, someone was, if you're in a work context and you had two people like screaming in your face, you'd probably say, "Um, I'm out of here. I'm handing in my notice. And that is purely that self-preservation. So we have that kind of very human response going on inside of us. And then we also have that other part of us that is incredibly aware that we are responsible for these two little beings. We are the ones that, the, the one there to keep them safe. We we're in charge. We would love to be parented right now, but ultimately we are the parent. And that is, you know, that is our responsibility. So we've got these two parts of us kind of warring in that moment where, you know, it's really hard and in any other situation, we'd want to fight or flight, whilst mm. also knowing that actually we can't. So what often happens then is that freeze response where you're just kind of stuck in the middle of the two and you can't do, you can't do either. And I think it's just recognizing what that is because it can become even more challenging than when we're cross with ourselves for feeling that. And it's recognizing that these reactions are just human responses to what is going on in front of us. And I think parenting yourself, because isn't it in that moment when you just feel frozen and you almost don't know where to go from there and everyone's screaming or things just feel too much and you would love someone to come in and parent you. And be like, hey, Jenna, it's all right. I know what to do. I've got this covered. You go and sit down there. Like, let me give you a hug. This is hard. And I think it's really just trying to turn that towards ourselves a little bit more. So difficult, though. Just trying to parent ourselves. It's so in the thick of it. It's incredibly hard. Incredibly hard. And I think it's one of those things Mm. we have to try and practice outside of that moment so that it becomes a little bit easier to access. Um, But I think without kind of relieving ourselves of the guilt that can come with those feelings is a really good place to start yeah 
It's it's hard though, isn't it? Especially when the narrative that we are fed on social media and mainstream media is that this doesn't really happen to other mums. You know, they are living their best life, loving every moment, cherishing every moment, you know, coping, mm-hmm. coping marvellously with it all. And it, for me personally, it then just makes me feel like no one else is tearing their hair out like this, you know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're, you're kind of unwashed hair because you haven't had the chance to wash it for a week. And yeah, I mean, I, I live in leggings and my hair on top of my head. I put it down today, especially. Um, well, thank but, you. You know, <laughs> especially for you, Anna. But yeah, I see other mums, you know, they manage to put, pull themselves together. And I just think sometimes when you're a twin mum, it's very hard to to do anything other than sort of focus on them. Yeah. Uh, you just don't really get a second. That's why I think this podcast is so important because some situations are harder and more challenging than others. Some experiences of motherhood are more complicated and mm. difficult. And some people, it is almost impossible to tap out and say, wait a minute, I just need some time. I need some space because you literally have no one to tap out to. So I think it's, you know, sometimes... I remember the only the only way I can kind of parallel this is when I had my middle child, Char- Charlie, and he had silent reflux and he just screamed all the time. And I remember looking at other mums in their playgroups thinking, how are you okay? And I felt like the failure. But the more I spoke to and surrounded myself with, through, actually it was online, other people that were going through that experience, the more that I was mm-hmm. able to feel less you know like I was I was wrong I was alone and that's why I think this is so important and anything that can that can find you coming alongside other mums that are in that very incredibly specific experience of parenting yeah it's not the same yeah that's true I mean Jenna mentioned mum guilt earlier on and I think that sometimes there's almost I, I know that for me personally I have this kind of weird mum guilt where I'm so my I've got um, a 12 year old as well as two four year olds, and I'm aware of all the things that we did with my eldest by the time she was three, by the time she was four, um, and we're not doing any of them with my twins, and so I feel this weird guilt that yeah we're not going out and about, we're not going to like farm parks as much, we're not going on as many holidays because it's just too hard, you know, and that's probably not that an unusual an emotion an emotion for twin parents. Anna, what would you say? Like, how, how help me? How could I help eradicate you, that mum guilt? <laughs> oh, I think so. It, it's harder to do those things, isn't it? And it it's harder because it is harder. So you're gonna you need more energy. You need more kind of clarity. You need more of your senses just to be able to keep them safe and secure, don't you? So I think it's all right mm. to grieve sometimes a little bit of the fact that you weren't able to do those things whilst also you know recognizing that they are forever going to be a gift to each other you know they're a gift to each other and it's a different experience of childhood it's not the same because it's not the same and it's more it's harder to do because it is harder to do and I think you know that pressure that you might easily apply to yourself to have a very similar looking experience the second and third time around conjoined (laughs) is it is a big it is a pressure and it's not going to be the same because it's not it's not the same it isn't and it's okay to feel sad about that sometimes whilst also looking at you know the benefits for them yeah 
I think, yeah, you're right. I mean, sometimes I can get a bit sort of wallowing in. Oh God, it's so hard. Um, but you mention a lot in your in things that you do, like gratitude and just trying to find those moments and recognizing them so that you don't let them float by and not acknowledge that actually oh you know we're having a nice time at the moment they're playing with each other they're holding each other's hands guiding each other into the park you know you don't get that with uh, necessarily with you know siblings that are older and younger than each other so there are definitely those lovely glistening moments so you're like oh this is lovely and I think it is like you've spoken about this before it's important to try and acknowledge those so that you you feel the goodness sometimes as well yeah and it's bringing those alongside the challenge because I think Mm. you know especially over the pandemic gratitude was such a powerful tool for people to think about what they were grateful for when things were feeling so so difficult and so dark at times but the important thing is that we you know you don't then use that gratitude to kind of overrule or brush aside some of those other feelings you know so we just spoke about that sense of sadness that you know Alison your your twins didn't have the same experiences that your older one had and that's okay to be sad about it but then you know alongside that not instead of that you can then also acknowledge some of those wonderful things like that Jenna was just talking about that they can do alongside each other and how beautiful that is. And I find it just so grounding when everything, when we're focusing on the challenge and the tough, you know, I think gratitude is like turning a light on as well. So it's bringing the light alongside the gray and the hard. And one, one little tool that I use a lot that I find really grounding because it's so quick and easy is when I'm finding it, when I'm feeling overwhelmed, I just look at my daughter or whoever it is, probably my daughter because she's the one that tantrums a lot at the minute. Just look at her little fingers and her little hands or her little <laughs> eyelashes and just focus in on those incredible things. And it just brings in that gratitude and that awe, you know, that wonder that Jenny, you probably feel when your twins are like, you know trotting off to the park holding each other there's that part of it that's just like wow so inviting that in where we can and it is it does become a habit and then you know it you don't have to try so hard at that but there is a bit of right I'm going to do a bit of gratitude now because this is flipping hard and all I'm seeing is the challenge yeah yeah absolutely and um I wanted to ask you a bit about burnout as well because quite often I will get to the end of my fuse and, you know, end up saying something or, you know, act in a way that I'm not proud of just because I've just been pushed to the limit. I'm completely empty. Um, I just wondered if you've got any tips for twin mums or dads um, on how to just not get to that point. Yeah. Is there a way of not getting there? I think burnout happens where we kind of push beyond the limits over and over and over again without kind of replenishing it. So it's like, you know, if you keep driving a car that's low on oil, you will eventually it will stop going you'll you'll break it it will it will be damaged and I think a really good tip is to start noticing when you're feeling more irritable noticing when you know there's little moments that are the straw that broke the camel's back you know something falls out of a cupboard or someone just sends a badly worded message and suddenly you find yourself just feeling a lot of things and you can then feel frustrated you know why am I why am I responding like this it's only you know that wouldn't have bothered me a few days ago and it's just starting to see these little things as flags that pop up and say hey you're most likely kind of running low and I think often what we do is we do 
we do kind of the damage control we do the clear up after so we might have our own version of a meltdown be it kind of shouting or saying something really kind of pedantic to a partner or you know what you know when it just comes out sideways and then we have to do the clear up we have to do the repair we have to try and you know restore that sense of safety perhaps with our children that might have kind of just been a bit taken aback by our response or something and so we tend to do the damage control bit but I think it's really helpful just to start thinking am I am I going that way you know am I on that path am I feeling irritable am I feeling easily upset am I feeling easily kind of frustrated or angered or whatever that looks like for you and just start thinking what need might be sitting just beneath that you know is it is it, it might even be hunger mm. that actually yes. just been overlooking basic needs <laughs> or needing the toilet your babies <laughs> yes you know and that feeling of resentment that can come yeah. when well I haven't had a shower in like three days and here I am bathing my kids for the third time in a row and you know it's what what needs are being are sitting there that haven't been met and how might you meet them and this is where the challenge is because you when you've got twins you're going to have to be extra creative about how you try and meet them um, because you might not be able to get the full bunch of what you need it might not be an option so how can you do an even smaller amount Mm. of that if you're exhausted how can you just get some sensory deprivation by putting a boundary around what you're doing when you do get those moments of time perhaps you just shut your eyes instead of scrolling just for a real risk of falling asleep but um you know it's just thinking can I talk to a friend instead of text a friend just when I'm doing a buggy walk you know what can I do that meets that need even Mm. a little bit because it's so easy to overlook the small things because you want so much more you want a full night's sleep you don't want to sit on the sofa Mm. five minutes what's the point well there is a point because it gives you something that you don't have at the moment and a little bit is always better than nothing I just want to recognize those those small things that can give you you know that little bit of petrol (laughs) to keep you going like you know just I've just ordered a couple of books off Amazon just so that I can have an escape in the evening for 10 minutes before I fall asleep what were they? just say so that you've got those moments to yourself oh um <laughs> the paper palace and the uh, family one. upstairs I think it's called yeah oh amazing by Lisa Jewell I've read them both they're both good yeah because I'm fine I'm feeling like tv's just not giving me everything I need to chill out I just and you know you end up scrolling on your phone and yeah and then you're thinking oh, I'm using all this time but wrong I made a decision a few months ago that I was going to scroll less and read more and it's been a real game changer and I think part of it as well is that rather than sitting on the sofa and my twins are like maybe watching CBeebies or something and I'm sitting there scrolling, they're seeing me sit with a book. And to begin with, they were like, mummy, what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm reading a book. And they and they would like take it from what me and try and read it and be like, there's no pictures. <laughs> and now they're just used to it. And it's just so much better than just sitting and scrolling endlessly. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's really giving yourself that, that opportunity yeah. to think about, you know, the wants over the needs. Because the immediacy of the scroll is, you know, it's just literally there all the time, isn't it? But actually you're recognising that you need something a bit more grounding than that you need something a bit more calm than that because there's so much overstimulation isn't there and we're just so bombarded then with more stuff for our brains to process Mm, so every bit of information we're getting you know could be conflicting it's then your brain's then got to got to digest that and process that so it's it's thinking about i know what i want but what do i need because we know our kids might want sweets every meal but actually we know what they need and it's hard because it requires discipline and that requires energy. So we need to be both 
compassionate, realistic, but also, yeah, sometimes that stern, loving parent to ourselves. To ourselves, absolutely. Um, you mentioned earlier um, something that it made me think of um, a concept that I've learned in the last year while I've been going to therapy sessions, which is the concept of rupture and repair. And it was quite interesting to learn that in any relationship, there's going to be things that rupture it. But the important thing is that you go back and repair it. And it kind of made me feel not less guilty about when there are ruptures, but it made me really aware of, I need to go back and repair this. So if I do, if, you know, if I do kind of um, lose my temper with one of my kids, because I'm just at the end of my tether, I will always apologise, give them loads of cuddles and kisses and apologize, you know, just say sorry for what, whatever it was. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, mummy, sorry for shouting at you. And I feel like it's been such an important learning for me. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Yeah. And Dr. Becky, good inside. She talks about this a lot. And I think it's one of those great things, isn't it? That you realize that all is not lost. Because I think in those moments, we often have that feeling of I've broken it. I've broken everything. How, you know, uh, irreparably when actually there is so much value and power in that repair. And we have to be humble you know, I might say to my child, I'm really sorry for shouting. And one of my kids will say, you know, that's okay, mummy. I'm like, actually, you know what? It's not really okay. <laughs> and there are, I should have, you know, there are other ways that I could have done that or said that. And I'm going to try really hard. And this is, you know, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to try and do some breathing next time so that I don't shout. Or, And it's just, it's a really important learning for them as well, because then they they feel that repair and then it's it teaches them that you know if they upset someone in the future then there is something that they can do and they can there can be restoration instead of destruction and all isn't lost which i think is really hopeful and helpful yeah with with the breathing that you just mentioned is that like a kind of purposeful you move to the side of the room and just close your eyes and breathe in for a certain yeah, amount yeah so of time? I'll, I'll i'll really model this with my kids now I, uh, those that follow me in general, I know that you know this. I, I had such bad driving anxiety for so long that I didn't even drive for a decade. So now I drive every day um, and I have moments of just kind of some intrusive thoughts, same old ones that creep in when I'm on the motorway and I might literally breathe them away. So I will just do a really deep inhale and a really steady kind of elongated exhale. Now, it's such a good tool and we can use those, we can use any any breathing exercise that feels beneficial for you in those moments of overwhelm and stress because what it's doing is telling a body in that kind of lovely parenting way that we spoke about, it's saying in that fight or flight mode that you're safe, it's okay, you're safe and you're kind of being there for yourself which is what you really need and I think it's really helpful to model this mm. to kids as well. You know, so if I'm feeling really stressed and dinner time's overwhelming and it's just chaos, I might just do some breathing. I might just really, you know, it's quite obvious, I think, if you're doing it really intentional. <laughs> and and they know that it's just, I'm just trying to calm my body down because it's feeling a bit, I'm feeling a bit stressed right now. And it's helpful. It's helpful how many modeling breaths, for them. How many breaths does it normally take to calm you down? I think five to 10, really. And I think sometimes it's, it's yeah, you know, it's just that, you know, 10 ideally, but I think it's just also, it's that intentionality of what you're doing in your brain is you're saying, right, okay, 
let's give myself something let's let's kind of ground myself so it's it's the symbolism as well isn't it you're turning your attention back to yourself when you're choosing to do that and that's meaningful definitely yeah I can see how that could help Mm. wow loving this could talk to you all day Anna (laughs) (laughs) and sometimes you know another couple of things that I find really helpful and I think in the car when there's a lot of noise and I can imagine as twin mums you know there will be times when everyone is crying maybe even you included and sometimes I find it really helpful just to open a window a bit to remind myself that there is a world outside of what is going on in this car and sometimes I do that with you know in the kitchen I might just physically open a window just to listen to if I can hear over the noise just that awareness that there is more outside of this moment because it can feel all consuming and when there's you know when you've got young ones and maybe they're crying or touching it you know it's created in a way to have to provoke a physiological response in us so that we respond so we're it's yeah it can be helpful to kind of just remind yourself just open a window just do some breathing and steady yourself a little bit even if what is going on around you isn't steadying yeah I sometimes really just want to take the bins out just to get outside (laughs) yeah (laughs) highlight of the day I'll take the bins out I'll do it I'll do it down the road yeah exactly if I if if I ever get an an option if one of us has to like you know jump in the car and pop to Tesco I'm like I'll do it because I get to listen to like five minutes of like a podcast in the car and have a bit of a break. It's like, that is the highlight of my day. It all counts, definitely. Wow. Well, I've had many light bulb moments as I knew I would from you, Anna. Thank you so much. It's been so good talking to you. Um, Please check out Anna's podcast, The The Therapy Edit, and her latest Mm. book, which is called The Little Book of Calm for Mums. It is so good, Anna. It's got so many kind, supportive words in it on all the emotions that we go through at least twice a day. It's so good. I love the way you can just kind of flick through. You can just yeah. flick through feeling. Is there an? I think there is an overwhelm, isn't there? Or oh yeah, that's but, in there as well. Yeah. <laughs> and kind of noise sensitivity, routine anxiety. Yeah. You know, everything feeling a bit much. And like with most stuff, I do everything is just short because you know who's got the time to read realms and realms of words. Oh look, Alison's got it there. This wasn't even planned. I've literally got it. <laughs> by my desk no way oh thank you that's so lovely well thank you so much for having me what a gift this is going to be for so many thanks so much Anna we'll speak to you soon thanks Anna bye oh that was such a brilliant chat with Anna I got so much out of that Jenna what about you oh my god it was just so good and it's just so nice to hear her comforting words and um you know, it it is difficult when someone hasn't experienced the twin world, but she seemed to be like really appreciative of like how it is different. I loved today's episode and we really hope that you've enjoyed it too. Mm. Please subscribe, rate, review and let us know via our Instagram page. What is our Instagram page, Jenna? It is Twinning It Podcast. So that's quite easy to kind of remember, isn't it? <laughs> so if you've got any burning questions or subjects that you'd like us to focus on, Uh, get in touch via our Instagram page. Yeah, we're on a mission to open the conversation around twin parenting. So um, yeah, we hope you enjoy the rest of the episodes we've got coming up. Yes, we'll catch you next time. Yay, bye.